Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Raisin Bran? You got to put Raisin Bran up there. Everybody knows it. It's Mike Shope. Listen, get your own stupid old dying person team and, and choose your own cereals. And the Bulldog. I shall unleash my fury upon you like the crashing of a thousand waves. That cereal is soggy. You reach into the fridge for the milk and open the lid on the milk to pour it in there, and that crap is already soggy. I am untethered, and my rage knows no bounds. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a problem for a cereal. Oh, I, I, a huge I think. problem. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog on WGR Sports Radio 550. As you can tell, we are entirely focused on Bill Steelers around here. Like, no, no, no time for uh, frivolous conversation serious business at hand on the western hotline right now from our odyssey friends in pittsburgh is chris mack chris mack chris parker here nice to meet you chris how are you hey, hey how's it going guys <laughs> it's going good man mike shope is uh him and his raisin brand have the day off today so it's just me <laughs> uh so look man the steelers with Mason Rudolph, like how, I don't know, does this feel like a gift to you guys that you even made the playoffs? It just seemed not like a very likely scenario maybe, I don't know, just a few weeks ago even, maybe even going into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, this has been a weird season in that they were really positioned, Chris, in a great spot. I mean, they were in a spot where they had uh, Arizona and New England coming in back-to-back weeks to Pittsburgh. New England was going to be on a short week, and then they were going to go to Indy on a Saturday. And we're looking at it like, man, this team could be, you know, nine and five, ten and four. They could, they could be chasing down the Ravens. And then, of course, they they fell flat on their faces in, in all three of those games. Not coincidentally, Mitch Trubisky played the bulk of those three games because Kenny Pickett got hurt early in the Arizona game. And, and Pickett was, I think, you know, starting to look a little better before. Uh, those three games when he went out with injury and Matt Canada's offense, well, without Matt Canada uh, mm-hmm. in particular, uh, started to make some strides. But I think what we got in the last few weeks with Mason Rudolph, I was just talking with somebody about this earlier today, is you're not always sitting there. Every time the quarterback drops back, you don't clench up and hold your breath and go, I wonder what's going to happen, yeah. and know that it's definitely not going to be a ball down the middle of the field, right? Um, with Rudolph, there's no more – I don't want to say no more fear. There's so much less fear. Um, and I think that translates directly to how the offense is playing. You know, it kind of works hand in hand. As fans, we feel it when we see an offense actually try to push the ball downfield in a couple of spots and actually try to impose its will as they've done with the running game the last few weeks on the opposition. Uh, we feel that, and I think fans feed off of that. So we've seen that, hey, this offense just operates better with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. And, you know, I, I, I have no idea what it means going into the future. That's another big conversation <laughs> yeah, that right. people have already started to have because I think lots of fans understand this This is not a team that's primed to go on a Super Bowl run of any sort. But I think we're just kind of looking at this as a bonus week. 
Um, but, you know, it, it, we're already looking ahead to, well, what's, what's this mean for Pickett? What's mm-hmm. it mean for Rudolph? What's it mean for Tomlin? Um, it, it, a lot is going to happen on Sunday afternoon that could send any of those questions spiraling off into a different galaxy of answers. Yeah, th- things you never would have expected to be saying or hearing, from my perspective, mm-hmm. in 2024. The offense just looks better with Mason Rudolph running it. Like, uh, <laughs> Didn't I, have that on the bingo card? No, oh. did not. Chris, not, not that you can do anything about it, but I would imagine there's got, ha- has to have been some hand-wringing about those Trubisky weeks. Uh, and, and why not go to Rudolph sooner because... It's been, I don't know, revelation might be a little strong, but, I mean, there's yeah. been a jump start there. There's been a spark, for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I, I again, I was, I was looking back on all, all the key decisions that have been made at quarterback for this franchise over the last, gosh, you can go back four years now, really, to when um, Rudolph and Duck Hodges were filling in for an injured Ben Roethlisberger in 2019. And that's really where I think this thing kind of started to go off the rails as far as quarterback decisions for this organization go. Because uh, if you remember, and everybody does, Mason Rudolph gets beat with his own helmet on a Thursday night in Cleveland uh, and throws four interceptions. And then the next week plays really poorly the first half in Cincinnati. And Mike Tomlin kind of panicked. Uh, That's the only thing that leads you to installing Duck Hodges as your quarterback. A lot of panic or a lot of injuries. And in that case, it was panic on top of injury. Uh, and so, you know, since that moment, uh, fans have looked down on Mason Rudolph. They haven't thought much of him. And Mason has just kind of quietly gone about his business, credit to him, and waited for another opportunity. And then when there was nobody really knocking down his door this offseason, he was fine with coming back to Pittsburgh and, and sort of biding his time as the number three. But when you look back on it, especially two years ago, uh, the offseason where they signed Trubisky sort of as a stopgap and then go out and draft Pickett, well, they already had a couple of stop gaps in house at that point in time. They had Mason Rudolph, and uh, you know, God rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins was still around and a part of the organization at that point. So, another poor decision to go out and sign Trubisky, in my opinion, both at the time and even now. In hindsight, it's even clearer. Um, if Mason Rudolph is the backup, as you just alluded to, when Kenny gets hurt against Arizona, maybe we're talking about a different outcome in those three games and. This is a team, who knows, maybe they're in Cleveland's position, right? Going down to Houston for a game, or, you know, maybe they'd even pushed the Ravens down the stretch. We'll never know that. Um, And and we'll see again with the future still looming pretty, pretty uh, largely on the horizon for Steeler fans. Like I said, this is kind of a bonus game. Um, The the future is going to be decided in, in great measure, I think, by what we see from Mason Rudolph and what's left of the Steelers' season. Duck Hodges. I think the, the, the Bills got a bit of the Duck Hodges experience late in 19 there, didn't they? I think there was a, a, a night game. Yeah, um, yeah. He handed them a game, more or less. I think yeah. three or four interceptions, and it was a huge win for the Bills on the road. Yes, it was. Indeed. That was, uh, yeah, that's the Josh Allen's first playoff appearance there in 19. They, of course, had ended the drought the year, uh, well, two years prior, in 17, Sean McDermott's first year. Chris Mack from our Odyssey station in Pittsburgh on the line, helping us sort of prime the pump for Bill's Steelers on Sunday afternoon. Hey, how much has Rudolph, Chris, talked about, like you already alluded to it, you know, waiting, biding his time, waiting for an opportunity, mm-hmm. and, you know, being willing to push the ball down the field. Has he talked at all about just sort of maybe being more willing, not to say you want to be reckless, but right. maybe a little less careful because, you know, you've seen what happens when you're too careful, you lose your job and get, you know, as you said, you know, hit, hit in the face with your own helmet. Uh, not that that had anything to do with being careful, but whatever, I'm being cute. Um, is he just sort of more willing to take chances? 
chances because he knows, you know, maybe his NFL career's on fumes here? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's a, it's a it's a part of it. I also think, you know, this was kind of the personality that Mason Rudolph had as a quarterback coming in to Pittsburgh. You know, big uh, cannon-armed Big 12 quarterback, right? I mean, some of the numbers he put up at Oklahoma State were the reason they went out and got him in the third round and claimed to have a first-round grade on him when they drafted him. And so I think this is naturally just how he's more comfortable playing quarterback. And I think they're kind of letting him lean into that. In 2019, when he filled in for Roethlisberger, I think, you know, between Mike Tomlin and then offensive coordinator Randy Feekner, it was much more, hey, just don't screw up, all right, kid? Just keep us in games and let's see if the defense can help us out. And that was very much the thought with Pickett this season. Hey, kid, just don't turn it over too much. You'll grow. The defense will take care of business. We'll lean into the run game and we'll look up and hopefully be a wild card team. Um, the problem is Pickett really, really has, you know, over insulated himself from mistakes to the point where the ball rarely, if ever, gets pushed down the middle of the field. And, and you don't even get many, you know, deep shots down the sideline to, to Pickens or Johnson. Uh, Rudolph has shown a willingness to do what we've all been screaming for. I've heard Lewis Riddick say it on ESPN. We've been saying it here in Pittsburgh. I think people who watch football have been saying it for a while. If George Pickens is lined up one-on-one, just throw it up for George Pickens and let the man go after a 50-50 ball because in his case, more often than not, it's not really a 50-50 ball. Um, he's just that talented at going up and getting yeah. those things. So he's shown a willingness to push the ball not just in those instances but down the middle of the field as well. Teams have had to go out of their way to uh, mark Pat Fryermuth in the middle of the field, which involves the safeties and inside linebackers more. They've got to worry about those deep shots down the middle of the field to Pickens and Johnson and the run after the catch. Again, safeties and inside linebackers getting involved, which is what pulls them away from the box, the, the front seven, and has allowed Najee Harris and Jalen Warren to really start to pile things up especially Harris in a physical manner over the last few weeks. This might be uh, because I'm friends with one of your coworkers, Andrew Filipponi, who worked here years and years ago. And so (laughs) following him on Twitter, it feels like the wide receiver drama almost never dies in Pittsburgh. There's been stuff with Deontay Johnson. And I think more recently there's been stuff with Pickens, right? Like blocking on running plays. Mm -hmm. Like how, how divisive are those two guys within the fan base? I guess I'm sure the team you know, loves them because they're whatever they're they're very good players. Um, but is it, it's not always been smooth with those guys, right? Yeah, you know, Steeler fans for the most part, Chris, are, are willing to overlook someone's personal faults and foibles as long as they produce on the field. It's it's why we put up with Antonio Brown as well as we did for as long as we did. Um, but you know, when the, the problem is when the production doesn't follow, then. And we saw that at times this year with both Johnson and Pickens. And that's when it does get a bit divisive. You know, people in Pittsburgh are used to seeing their Heinz Ward types, right? We want to, we want to see our wide receivers downfield blocking and mm-hmm. breaking Keith Rivers' jaw and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's not the – there's not many receivers that exist in the game like that today. There's a couple out there, but George Pickens isn't one of them. And George Pickens – understands that his primary role is to get open, catch the ball, and then make something big happen with it. And we're okay with that as long as the distractions, if you want to call them that, the foibles, the uh, personality pitfalls, don't then show up on the field on game day. That's when we take a step back and we start to go, wait, 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 what's up with this guy? But, hey, have a you know five-catch, 125-yard, two-touchdown day, 
and, and you can uh, just completely ignore downfield blocking if you'd like. We don't care anymore, yeah. sir. That sounds par for the course. So what is the – what? I feel like I know what the script is. You know the weather is going to be maybe – pretty awful not not kansas city miami awful uh their game is going to be like insanely cold but we're talking about 25 to 35 mile an hour winds we don't know about snow there'll be snow in the region but we don't know for sure yet if it will be snowing around the stadium uh for this game but you know wind chill in the teens uh i feel like as, as a fan and, and an observer of a heavily favored home team that acts as somewhat of a leveler for the underdog yeah yeah, yeah, I think it neutralizes things just a bit. I think it's a really good point. Um, but I, I think it's going to have to – the script I see, if the Steelers are going to somehow upset the Bills, has to involve, you know, Josh Allen of old uh, coming back around and really being irresponsible with the football and not making the big plays late in games that he's even been able to use this year to make up for the irresponsibility and mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I, I look at last week down in Miami as a prime example. A couple mistakes early, but the guy's just so dang good. He makes up for it on the back end, right? Uh, wills his team to win, drags them to victory in some cases, throws them on his back. And it, it, if that Josh Allen shows up, especially with T.J. Watt out, I don't know if there's anything the Steelers can do, even with a Landon Roberts getting healthy and playing an inside linebacker, even with Minka Fitzpatrick most likely coming back to play safety. I just don't think there's enough there. Um, I, I think the Steelers do have an opportunity to run the ball a bit, and I think that is mm-hmm. also a great leveler. You know, uh, slow the game down, take the air out of the football, especially with 25, 30-mile-an-hour wins. You're not asking Rudolph to fire the thing all over the place. The Steelers' goal, I think, has to be to win, you know, a, a 24-20 kind of game and hope that the weather maybe keeps Allen and the Bills from getting on track and also, again, that he makes a couple of those crucial mistakes that he's not able to make up for late in the game. You mentioned T.J. Watt, and I, I've been meaning to look at this. Well, it's only Wednesday. I guess I've still, I've still got days. But now we're, you and I are having this conversation right now, mm-hmm. and I, I, I wish I had it, but I don't. The, their record without Watt is really, really bad. But did they not beat the Bills? They won here in the opener in 21. It was a blocked punt for a touchdown in that game. Yeah. Wasn't Watt hurt then? Is that maybe like the only time they've won, or maybe it's cover? Yeah, that's the only one. That's, that's, wow. if, if that was the game, that's literally the only one. Uh, they are 1-10, in 10, I believe it is, um, since he became a starter without T.J. Watt in the lineup. I mean, he is just – you talk about the instant leveler, the, the instant right. neutralizer. He is it. Uh, the fact that the guy didn't get you know, first-team All-Pro has people losing their minds today here in Pittsburgh because we just don't get it. The fact that there's a chance he may lose DPOY to Miles Garrett. Um, and, and that's not just the Pittsburgh-Cleveland rivalry and everything mm-hmm. between Garrett, Rudolph, and the Steelers. You can almost push all that aside. We just look and go, my God, this guy's easily this team's MVP, uh, let alone Defensive Player of the Year. So, yeah, it, it, there's no way to make up for it. Marcus Golden, who I think will get the start in his place, is a quality backup. Nick Herbig, a rookie, they got out of Wisconsin, another you know young guy from Wisconsin who's uh, probably started out at least looking better than anybody expected. May get some some reps at that spot as well, and he has been a bright spot, like I said. But you know, you're not making up for T.J. Watt, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how, if at all, they try to make up for it with maybe some some new blitz schemes. But mm-hmm. I would I would lean into believing that they're going to sit back and 
ask Josh Allen, make Josh Allen pick them apart, especially if the weather is as poor as it is and accuracy may be an issue at times. You mentioned here just a moment ago that it's maybe the wind is blowing toward Mika Fitzpatrick playing in this game. Yeah, yeah. I I would be surprised if he doesn't play. Um, I don't have an official injury report, and I was not at practice today, full disclosure, to see if he was out there. But I would be I would be shocked if he did not get suited up for this one. Um, he's been out there on the sidelines, headset on, chomping at the bit, coaching guys up every single game. Um, I, I have a hard time believing, unless he's fully incapacitated, he's not going to show up for a playoff game. Swinging back to the the running game, which will certainly be a key here in this game. Um, it, it, watching the Steelers for, I, I guess, the last two years or so, feels like every time I see Warren on the field, I think, why don't they play him more? Uh, but yeah. with that said, it feels like Najee Harris has maybe, I don't know, earned a little goodwill here in the last few weeks. Yeah, you know, Najee has really been running physically, uh, which is what they brought him in to do, um, to kind of run downhill, hit the hole and go, which is what Jalen Warren did so much better than him when Warren first started to get some burn as Najee Harris's compliment. Um, what I've seen, and I think a lot of people who've been watching the Steelers over the last month or so have seen, uh, and I don't think it really has anything to do with, with the firing of Matt Canada. I think it started before Canada left, is they're running a lot more, like I said, downhill gap-blocking schemes where everything's designed around hitting a hole, and we're going to open that hole for you. You just hit it and go, as opposed to some of that zone-running that some of that stuff that stretches toward the sidelines and the hole is ambiguous and I got a pitter patter. It was great stuff when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime here, right? Like he would sit back there, wait, 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 and then go. That's not Najee Harris's style. That's not even Jalen Warren's style. They are downhill guys who need to get the ball, hit the hole and go. And that has worked tremendously well for Najee, especially in the last couple of weeks. Um, if they hit 200 yards rushing, then I, mm-hmm. if I were a Bills fan, I would be worried because that's one of those sort of magic numbers they've been hitting in the last third of the season. If they hit 200 yards rushing, you're in deep trouble. Chris, Chris Mack from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, our Odyssey station in Pittsburgh, on the Western Hotline for just a, a minute or two more here. Um, you have any sense... We know that geographically, you know, three hours apart, um, mm-hmm. Bills games, home games against the Steelers, there's generally been thousands of Steelers fans here. Those people aren't all from Pittsburgh. There's plenty of people from Southern Ontario, I think, that are Steelers fans and show their loyalty. Do you have any sense what, what kind of numbers of fans, is there a buzz about like thousands of people coming? We just came off a week where the Bills fans took over Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. And um, like I'm just kind of wondering, like I, I would expect thousands, but I don't know about tens of thousands. Yeah, I think it's a little different with it being a playoff game. I would suspect Bills fans aren't racing to give up their tickets, right, um, unless it's for a real pretty penny. The other side of the coin may be, and this might be a better question for some of your listeners and Bills fans in general, is you know if you suspect that this team is going to make a deep run into the playoffs and they're going to get – at least one more playoff game, which I would suspect most people think they're going to beat the Steelers and then mm-hmm. host whoever's next, whether it's Kansas City, Miami, Cleveland, Houston, whatever it may be, um, that people may look at it and say, wow, it's, it's the Steelers. They're going to blow them out. I can make some money on this one and then make sure I'm there for the divisional round. I think yeah, that yep. may be a possibility, but no one builds Mafia, man. I can't imagine there's a lot of people that are looking to give their seats up to anybody in black and gold. Chris, thank you so much for this. Really enjoyed the visit. Our best to everybody down there, especially uh, our boy Pony.
Yep, same to you guys. Going to enjoy it on Sunday afternoon. Best of luck. All right, man. Same to you. Chris Mack, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, the lowdown on the Steelers, who, of course, are coming here. I, I, I got, a, I don't know, do I want to reliably convey this here? Um, t- Twitter fan just mentioned Steelers fans at Highmark on Sunday says they just checked Ticketmaster, ton of tickets for sale, prices dropping. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm not here to tell you to be a gatekeeper or anything, um, but just know that is a fan base that travels. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's already been for for Steelers fans. They, they've already all decided. Like I, so I don't know. Uh, and like I mentioned with Sale an hour or so ago uh, last week, we we sort of anticipated. It, just of course, there's a lot of history there uh, with the Bills in Miami and Bills fans traveling in big numbers to Miami. But we knew they were going to have half the stadium or even a little more than that, or at least strong, strongly suspected. I've not heard or seen anything specific about that, other than this one dude here telling me on Twitter that there's 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 a lot of tickets out there, and that the prices are dropping. So I don't know, keep an eye on it. Just saying, like you. You might be in for a li- maybe a little bit of a surprise if you're not expecting to see like a hearty dose of Steelers fans in the building on Sunday. I, I would expect you're going to see them. I don't know that you'll be able to hear them uh, over the vast majority being Bills fans, but I would think Steelers fans are going to be healthily, heartily is what I want, represented in the stadium on Sunday afternoon. Of course, the weather could play a part in that too. I don't know, like traveling up here on game day or even Saturday might be tough uh, given what the forecast is. Anyhow. There's the lowdown from the Steelers. You want to get into them, get into this matchup, the spot the Bills are in here at home for this week and next week should they win on Sunday, and my ranking of AFC rivals from the first hour. We can get into any of that and anything else as it pertains to this game. Hey, man, it's a playoff week. Wild card or not, Bills and Steelers Sunday. 803-0550, and now's a good time if you want to hop in um, because we're guest-free for the next half hour. Matt Perino on the Bills coming up at the top of the hour. Eventually, we'll get Paul Hamilton in on the Sabres and their current situation. Um, but more football on the way. 803-0550 is the number. Mike Shope is away again today, along with Zach Jones. I'm the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. They're playing good football. Again, I've said this before. You don't look at records. I mean, people could look at our record and say the same thing, right? Just in terms of, hey, well, they snuck into the playoffs, whatever. This is a good football team, undefeated under Mason Rudolph, and well-coached playing good on both sides of the ball and special teams. So I think when you watch the last three games in particular, uh, they're playing high-quality football. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Bills head coach Sean McDermott there, pumping up the Steelers. Uh, Correction department from our conversation with Chris Mack. Thank you, my friend Paul Crowley and another Twitter follower. Uh, reminding me, I was we were mistaken. I was mistaken in bringing it up um, that that T.J. Watt did play in that opener in twenty one against the Bills. That that was not they played last year without him, and the Bills clobbered him. 
and they beat Tampa maybe the following week, and that's the one win without T.J. Watt in the lineup. That's fun. I so, do remember, though, that coming into that game, it was unknown if he would play. And then it was that day. Okay. Was, okay, he's in the lineup. Because I, I remember in there was injury talks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My friend Paul tells me they, they uh, that Watt sacked Allen in that in that opener in 21. So uh, there's that. So that was not the one time uh, without Watt that they won a game. But they, they have a ter- – they're 1-10, I, I guess, is the record that I saw that earlier this week. That one did not come uh, against the Bills. So, um, you know, do with that what you will. Bills and Steelers on Sunday, 1 o'clock, 803-0550 is the number. You want to get in on anything that's been covered so far. Love the conversation with our man Chris Mack from our Odyssey station in Pittsburgh. You can find that uh, rewind on the Odyssey app in the um, on-demand audio at WGR550.com, wherever you need to go to find it. Uh, Really good. A lot of good intel uh, on them. And, you know, not not that you needed it, but you you heard it right from him. Like, the you know, Rudolph, I suspected this, is just sort of in a – I don't want to quite go to, like, who cares mode? <laughs> you know, he's playing professional football. I'm sure he wants to do his level best for his team uh, and all of that. But I, I feel like with, with an NFL career, this this is the 18 draft now. Um, you know, apropos of nothing, I, I always thought that the Bills, the guys the Bills liked in that draft class, I, I, I suspected that they liked Allen. I strongly suspected that they liked Mason Rudolph. In fact, I think I I I, I might recall, uh, you know, what's this worth? I don't know. We'll never know uh, unless Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean actually want to tell you or tell us uh, at some point. Uh, but I always felt like if they hadn't been able to maneuver the way they did to get up to get Allen, that hanging back and drafting Rudolph later was w- would have been a a fine fallback in their view. Um, that's just my. That's just my guess uh, on that front. Uh, but, you know, well, I don't have to be right about that. I just felt like his personality, his background, like he just checked. He checked a lot of boxes, I think, that the Bills would have been after. Um, so, you know, whatever. We get to see him on Sunday in a playoff game. And so you've got you've got that factor. You've got sort of a let it rip when they actually do throw it mentality. But really the Steelers, it's so funny. Like, you – <laughs> you grow up with a team with a certain reputation and, you know, go, go, go through your life. I'm going all the way back to the seventies on the Steelers. Like they were big and mean. And like, look, most good football teams in that era were, were big and mean and tough. It was not like an aerial circus. Although, you know, Bradshaw did plenty of throwing to Swan and Stallworth uh, in that era too, but just nothing like you see now. Uh, it's one of the reasons why it's such a flawed, you know, a flawed, way to look at quarterback play to compare young guys from this current era to young guys from that era. Cause it's just a totally different, just a totally different sport practically. Um, at least the way it was played, but Steelers now still, what are the Steelers? The Steelers are maybe out of the teams in the playoffs this year. They, I, w- I would even say this more about them than the Browns. I mean, the Browns since losing Nick Chubb and, having Joe Flacco take over, they're pushing the ball down the field. Like they, they, they're getting big plays. Flacco is, is <laughs> been a revelation for them of all the teams in this year's playoffs. I think the Steelers might be the team that is best equipped to play in 30 mile an hour wins. 
um, they still have they have that reputation. It's well earned. Like they're gonna they're gonna try to push you around and control both sides of the line of scrimmage and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I think the Bills' advantage is in their skills and in the position players, the skill position players, and of course at quarterback. But you do need some cooperation from the weather in order to make that work. You can't just, you know, <laughs> just have it if it's not, if, you know, if the conditions aren't conducive. So, um, you know, that's that's something to have filed away here. And I would think last year losing a playoff game in the snow to a much more explosive and dangerous Cincinnati team than this Steeler team still, though, would have you, uh, you know, just a little bit more pause, right? Because you, you, you're going into that Bengal game like, oh, got him at home and it's going to snow. Like, who didn't get up on that day and just think, all right, yeah, yeah, we got this team. I mean, I don't know. I, I was still worried about their overall state uh, physically and emotionally after everything they'd been through last year. But you're home playing the Cincinnati Bengals in a snowstorm. I, I love my chances. That's just, just, you know, don't don't think too much about it. You might want to think the same thing about this Sunday, but you've got last year sort of, I don't know, just sort of poking you. <laughs> hey, you know, that happened. Um, so, I don't know, that, that might be a little worrisome, I suppose. Uh, but, what you know, no mystery. They're 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 gonna you're gonna see Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and the tight end over the middle and then yeah take your shots and we'll see how effective that can be and how the Bills are suited to handle that and if if they have to end up playing a similar game to that um, I think it'll be interesting too as this game gets nearer and once it starts unfolding I'm I'm just now recollecting about the last Bills home game in real windy dire like last year against the Bengals was tough but it wasn't like I I would say the conditions were worse in that Patriots Monday night game from 21 because of the wind like I feel like the wind like precipitation is one thing but that wind is just so tough and it felt to me thinking back on that game just now that as it went on the Bills sort of went you know, I think Allen can throw in this. Like it felt like they they sort of I don't want to say unleashed him. I mean, it was a it was a tight enough game uh the whole way, but it felt like they just decided may, maybe just because of where the game was at, um like we can do this. So, maybe even if it is like conditions that normal humans can't throw the football effectively and maybe they'll maybe they'll be of the opinion and rightly so that allen can manage it um i sure hope so i just uh, what, what i don't want here is just any anything hinky you know like, just any just any just don't give me any nonsense okay um can we play can we reasonably play uh can we can we run our offense uh I, I can you know like anyone i can appreciate that this sort of game in these sorts of conditions is maybe exactly why you emphasize running the ball like the Bills have since Joe Brady took over uh, is to be ready for this. And maybe they're more ready for it now than they were even last year uh, because of, you know, philosophically where they're at. Um, but, and I, I, I feel like I still have, some guys here in the passing game that should be able to do some damage if the conditions will allow us. I I just, I hope it's at least, you know, possible to play normal football. Like do you watch Baltimore and Pittsburgh last week? Oh boy. I 
I don't know. I I don't know how why you'd even want to ever be out in those conditions, let it's, alone yeah. playing professional sports. It took me a little while to get that game on a TV. I was not at my house doing it, so I had to kind of like you know work some magic to get the TV on. The moment I did, it was just a panorama shot of just like the monsoon rains and i'm like oh no right like just immediately i was, I was gonna be an ugly watch one of those games where you can't the the the, the lens of the camera almost always has water droplets on it and some people <laughs> want like, so like some on. people want that to like be like wiped off I'm like no keep it that that adds <laughs> to the extent the aesthetic of what this game now has become i was a big fan of it, it presents versus, a more realistic picture oh, of, the, yeah. of the conditions but the moment i saw that weather i'm like yeah, I, th- I think the Ravens lost. I don't think it's that cold today. I think it's gonna be colder on Sunday, but I'll just tell you, this is just me, one one dude. Um, and I I used to love. Well, I've never loved the wind. I hate the wind. The wind is the is my is my maybe my my sworn enemy. It's my number one rival. The wind. I do not. I I don't like the wind. Going back to. Before I was a runner, I I had a motorcycle. I really, running replaced the motorcycle for me. I sold the motorcycle because I started running and I wasn't riding the motorcycle. But when I had the motorcycle, rain, sure, not ideal. I don't want to be on two wheels going 60 miles an hour with 40 mile an hour winds coming across. Like, this is not safe, not smart, not cool. So wind became a runner. What's the one? Zero degrees, some snow on the ground, get me to the park. Love it. Love the crunch under my feet, the whole thing. Just bundle up. I'm good to go. That same day with 15-mile-an-hour winds? To hell with that. Like, I don't want no part of it. Walking in here this afternoon at, you know, 2 o'clock, the wind was, I don't know what the wind, 15 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour. I'm walking. I, I got a winter coat on. I'm walking. I'm just going like, oh, man. <laughs> I, am not, I am no longer hardened. Is this what happens as you as you as you age? You just can't handle it like you did. I, man, I used to love. I, I think I still would. I want to hope that I still would. I, I I need just a cold day without twenty mile an hour winds. I, I think I would still love that. I think I'd still like to be outside in that, even though I don't run anymore. Man, that wind today, even even though it wasn't that cold, I'm like, oh, this is hurting me. I am hurt right now. This hurts. <laughs> can't imagine these guys going that's what i thought is i'm walking and i'm carrying my ipad and i'm thinking throw a football play football catch a football hit somebody (laughs) it doesn't feel like a good business decision no 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 thanks where's the space heater that's that's where i'm at i I don't know hit somebody get the hell out of here 8030550 is the number bills and steelers on sunday it's really mostly all we're talking about here you want to chime in love to have you at 8030550 uh, there's a, a, a list, my opinion, of the Bills' biggest AFC rivals, Dolphins, Chiefs, Bengals, Steelers, Patriots, in that order, top five rivals all time. Uh, so I got the Steelers represented there. You want to give me some input on that? We'd love to have it again at 803-0550. Mike Shope is out today along with Zach Jones. I'm the Bulldog, and you are listening to WGR. Hey, thanks for hanging with us on a Wednesday. Mike Shope is out sick again today. Hoping he's on the mend and feeling better and able to rejoin here at some point. It's a fun week, man. This is a week you want to be. If you have th- this job, this is, you don't want to miss <laughs> this uh, at all. 803-0550 is the number. Let's fire up a few phone calls before we hit the top of the hour break. And Matt Perino joining us on the Bills. Mario is first up this segment. Hi, Mario. Thanks for calling. You're on WGR. 
Hey, Bulldog. Thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. Hey, I've called in a few times now. I feel like a regular. And every time I come on, I always talk about how I get worried that we play down to the competition. And uh, I'm elated. I'm on cloud nine after winning the division. It's so satisfying. And right after that wore off, I slipped right back into being worried. And then I get the the forecast that it's going to be a a windy, snowy day in Buffalo. Um, And I watched the uh, Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, and that's the kind of weather Pittsburgh needs with the team that they have. I'm wondering, are you guys – do you guys think Pittsburgh is more favorable to win in conditions like that if it's a ground-to-pound defensive game, if it's like it was when we played New England, like it was two years ago where Mac Jones threw the three passes? Um, You think that sets them up to actually – potentially be favored in that game i wouldn't go i wouldn't get all the way to favored mario but no yeah no it it it, i think weather in general would favor the underdog um because why why is why is the team that's favored favored uh talent uh scoring points blowout potential big plays on offense passing game and if weather mitigates that that's to the underdog's advantage. And then you mix in, not that the Steelers haven't been with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback the last few weeks pushing the ball down the field. They they want they, they want to beat you up. That's who they are. That's who they have almost always been, and that's definitely who they still are now. So, yeah, I think any any kind of sloppiness uh, weather-wise, although I, I don't think we're it's going to be too cold to worry about rain, but if there's snow, blowing snow, the wind is the big deterrent to the passing game to me. Uh, I, I wouldn't be worried at all if, they were gonna, if you're going to tell me it's going to snow throughout the game, but it's going to be calm. It'd be like just pretty snow globe, snow falling. I'd be like, nah, no problem. But you mix in 25 to 35 mile an hour winds, which is what's being forecast, and I think it gets dicey. Yeah, I think it. I think it absolutely um, helps the Steelers. I don't think it pushes it to the point where they they would be favored in the game. But I think the conditions favor in general the underdog, and in particular this underdog. Uh, Colin is next. Hi, Colin. Thanks for calling. You're on WGR. Hello, Colin. Are you there? Uh, this is Mike from West Falls. Oh, sorry about that, Mike. I, yeah, we, we, had, we had wires crossed here on our end. Let's not worry about it. We got you now, Mike. What's up? Yeah, I'm going to say the wind is bad, but I've been going to football games since 66 in San Diego. I've seen the Bills, and I, I've been going since I could hold my, my father's hand when I was in grade mm-hmm. school. And I'm sitting in sleep watching you know Miami beat us like, 15 games in a row, sitting in sleep, losing by two touchdowns. And my father would stay to the last second. I love and your, they didn't love have vortex and down back then. So right. you're just soaked. You're shivering. Yep. It, you know, I mean, I love football, but the weather is, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, no, I hear you. Sitting sitting in the rain, uh, no fun. Uh, I think sitting in the rain with wind, worse. Um Sitting in the rain without wind, yeah, no, that also sucks, especially if it's like 34 degrees. It's not great. I went to the Houston game when um, they were here when it was like 40 to nothing, and it was raining. You just, by like the third quarter, you're just soaked. Right. I, I'm I'm sort of like, 
I might get tangled up because I'm thinking about myself and like different outdoor activities that I like to do when I say the wind is my sworn enemy. I, I do mean, as it pertains to football, it is more of a concern to me than rain or any kind of precipitation, snow uh, being the other, sleet, whatever. Um, I think the wind is what really can screw up the passing game. Not that like a torrential downpour for the entire game would be easy to navigate, um, but I think wind is the bigger problem uh, for that. So as for sitting there in the stands, yeah, 34 and raining. I went to a, a game the Bills needed to win in 87 to make the playoffs. I don't think they would have, if they'd won it, they would have made it, but losing it eliminated them from contention. I think they the win and some help and they, they would have been alive going into the next week. So it's the second to last game of the year, home game against the Patriots. And I'm sitting just outside of the reach of the overhang and just pouring. <laughs> They're just, oh God, this is the worst. It's like any day that back when we used to go there all the time for these home games, uh, Mike and myself, a, a day like that, I was just like mad respect to you fans, man. <laughs> 35 in rain is the pits. I don't, I don't got to worry about that for Sunday. If, if there is precipitation, it, it's expected to be snow. It's going to be too cold for it to be rain, uh, but the wind is expected to be a big problem. Thanks a lot for the calls. Appreciate it very much. Take a time out here, get the top of the hour update for you, and then Matt Perino from Syracuse.com on the Bills, host of the Shout Podcast, co-host of the Shout Podcast along with Ryan Talbot. Um, he's coming up right after this. Mike is off today along with Zach Jones. I'm the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 